Hello and welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Today we have Daniel Martin. Daniel Martin leads our entry-level one-to-one coaching program on TMP Evolution. And today we're going to be talking about the general puzzles that coaches that are hovering around the 30 to 40 client mark, what it is that they struggle with from a mindset perspective, the glass ceilings that they hit when they get stuck at a plateau, and ultimately some practical guiding advice as to how they can start to shift that. Daniel, buddy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, mate. Good to be here again. So talk to me. The typical clients that you work with, they've kind of built up that traction. You know, they're at that 30 to 40 client mark, but there's often a number of different recurring themes in your clients. What are the ones would you say come up the most? You know what? I think it's guilt. A lot of the time, a lot of coaches feel really, really guilty for taking time off. And I think that's probably because a lot of people at this level, it's their first venture into the world of online coaching and often the first venture into the world of self-employment as well, right? So kind of their identity is tied up in their business and a lot of their self-worth is also tied up in the business. So it's, they get to the point whereby, you know, there's 30 to 40 to 50 to client mark, but then can't push beyond that through fear of letting go of control and outsourcing some things. But then it's almost self-fulfilling prophecy as well because they can't take any time out because they feel guilty for doing so, you know? So I think it's getting to that point where, like we were were talking about uh, recently, this evolution of coach. It almost happens on autopilot, get to that point, but then it all gets very, very overwhelming not really sure where to take it from there but if i had to summarize all of it it's guilt it's guilt for for, uh taking time out and then fear of losing control through outsourcing which ultimately is what needs to happen in order to scale businesses to the next step right absolutely you can't do it all by yourself Mm. and when you think about that guilt that guilt is usually from i must be working all the time Mm -hmm. what my client's going to think of me and it's just understanding that regardless as to whether you're an offline coach or an online coach, you cannot wing this shit. Mm -hmm. You will burn out. And when I ask most coaches, are you going to be selling your business in the next one to two years? They will look at me like, you daft, Mm -hmm. not selling this. Mm -hmm. Why are you operating as if you're going to be selling this in the next one Mm -hmm. to two years? Like, Why are you running at that speed? Because you're just not doing that, you know? So the guilt and the shame is a really, really interesting one. And then the fear. And when we think about guilt and shame, it's usually self-judgment. Mm-hmm. They've made a judgment about themselves that they mm-hmm. are not being or they're not operating or behaving in a way in which that they know that they should. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the most toxic, if not the most toxic emotion when it comes to building confidence, when it comes to hitting peak performance. Mm. And it can really just trip you up. Yeah, absolutely. And to pluck one word out of what you just said there, it's the word should right? That's where this self-judgment comes into it. I should be doing X, should be doing Y, should according to who, mm. right? Where's that coming from? But 
you know, coming back to this guilt idea, like a lot of clients which I work with say, I feel like I should be working all the time because that's, that's the persona which I'm putting out there. And I feel like I need my clients to expect me to work all the time. But like you say, it leads to burnout. It's, uh, it's not going to produce a long-standing, infinite business. And like you just said a moment ago, we're not building software businesses here. We're not trying to scale as much as we possibly can within the first year to two years and then sell and move on. It's the infinite game that we're playing here. You need oh, to be thinking long-term. Your whole life. 100%. So it's often yeah. A coach's work is often their life work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So let's treat it like your life's work. Let's not yeah. just fucking sit around and... and, and and go, yeah, oh, I've got to go, 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 go. It's, it's an inherent waste of time. Yeah. Run me through the fear. The fear. Mm. The fear of losing control. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's the fear of, I think, like I said, a, a lot of these coaches, it's, it's their first venture into this world, right? So it almost becomes like part of their identity, which means it's like their baby. It's something which they've built. And there's a lot of pride tied up in that. And by outsourcing some of those processes, Obviously, you are going to have to relinquish some level of control there, right? But that is something that has to be done in order to scale these businesses. So often, that fear, which is tied up in that, will be coming from a deeper place, right? We know that. We know that the presenting emotional reaction that we see on the surface is usually being driven by something deeper. So as we spoke about last time, it's that deeper emotional limiting belief or wound or something beneath the surface which is driving that fear and that when we identify that in the work that we do that often releases that fear and a lot of those puzzles which are being presented on the surface level through fear of relinquishing control to someone else they kind of lose their they lose their power you know what's interesting is at that point a lot of them have actually already lost control Mm -hmm. So the fear of losing control is kind of an illusion because you've already lost control. You're already overwhelmed. You're already stressed. You're already overthinking. You're doing too much work. And I think it also ties into the fear of everything coming crashing down. The amount of time I hear coaches literally saying, I, I, how, how do I know this is going to last? What mm -hmm. if this all falls apart? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it's the what ifs that, that, that get you. And when you have the fear of losing control and then that comes down to the fear of all of it coming crashing down, Sometimes I think we like surprise clients will say, well, what if it does all come crashing down? Mm. Well, let's, well, let's not run away from that reality. Let's embrace that reality. What if it all comes crashing down and what the fuck are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And when you have a plan, it's not as scary as you think. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, the consequences, particularly for the family, if you have a partner, you have kids, you have a house, mm -hmm. you have a mortgage, I, I get it. But often we have a lot more options than we think. Yeah, but sure. when we're stuck in fear, we're completely stuck. Mm. Yeah, if we think about these emotions that we're talking about, we're talking about fear, we're talking about shame, we're talking about guilt. They're powerful emotions, aren't they? Particularly shame and guilt. You know, I know when I've been operating from a place in shame and guilt, it's debilitating. They're kind of heavy emotions, mm. aren't they? You can't think properly when you're operating from a place of shame or guilt. And guilt is essentially just shame with a narrative attached to it, isn't it? My thing with shame is the way that you know that you're poking into shame is when you don't want to share about what's coming up oh, yeah. for you when you when when you get asked a question and you're like oh yeah. i'm gonna say this out loud yeah oh yeah well, i don't know if i can yeah and that's where the growth is that's where 100%. like the, that is where the the fucking magic happens in the conversations where you don't want to yeah you don't want to do that yeah 
that is where it is. But you've got to go there. Mm-hmm. You've absolutely got to go there because otherwise, what's the fucking point? Like you, you, you're only going to run away from it, and you're going to continue to self sabotage from working dysfunction. Or when you can get into that that deep, gritty, dirty, that part of you where you're almost a little bit disgusted, mm-hmm. part of you that you don't want to show the world. Mm. Well, if you can do that in a safe environment, the level of performance gains is just unbelievable. Mm. It's like walking around with a five to 10 kilo backpack on psychologically. If you take that backpack off, you become more creative, mm. you have more energy, mm. and you can get so much more shit done. And then people can pick up on that. Yeah. You can sense when you meet somebody that's done that deep work, when somebody's at peace with themselves, mm. you almost relax a little bit. Yeah. You almost come a little bit calmer. Yeah. It's understanding that. And sometimes, particularly financially driven coaches, they kind of need, they need to see the financial investment. They need to understand that for you to be a leader, for you to get shit done and for you to make more money in a coaching business, you've got to work on shame. You've got to work on guilt. Mm-hmm. You've got to release that stuff because mm-hmm. that is what's holding you back from being confident, confident, being a solid leader and building authority. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And that fear which we're talking about here, that's so closely aligned with, with shame. You know, It's fear because another problem that we see very often is imposter syndrome, right? I don't deserve to be there. I don't deserve this success that I'm experiencing. I'm going to get found out. Yeah, in any that's moment. it. That's what I was going to say next. Mm. I'm going to get found out at any moment. And what's that? That's coming back to shame, isn't it? Mm. I'm all... not enough. Yeah, absolutely. The common human neurosis. We're all afraid of not being enough. Yeah. We're all afraid of not being lovable. That's a little therapy joke we have internally at TMP. We'll, we'll make a mistake. I mean, I'm usually the propagator of said joke. We'll make a mistake and we'll go, more evidence that I'm not worthy, lovable, or enough. <laughs> It'll be something as simple as, I forgot to put something in a Dropbox folder. Ah, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> but when you can learn to dance with that, when you can learn yeah. to understand that, and don't get me wrong, like, that doesn't happen overnight. And there's certain scenarios, not just in business, but in your personal life, that's going to enhance that, that's going to make that even heavier. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm. You need to learn to fucking dance with it. Own it. Don't run away from it. Mm. Don't be afraid of it. Understand that it's the common human neurosis is what we're all afraid of. Yeah. And having a community of coaches around you that understand that and give you the space to share, to grow, to develop is life changing. Mm. When we talk about the fear, I love fear. Fear fascinates me. And fear fascinates me because of boxing. Mm. In boxing, it's a fear based mm-hmm. sport. It's very much you're going to go in, you're going to do battle. And if you don't win, you could get knocked out. Mm-hmm. And people get killed in that sport. Mm. One thing that they always used to say in boxing clubs was um, you don't play boxing. And actually, I disagree. If I'm, I, w- I want to be a boxing coach one day for kids. I think you do play boxing, but it's a very dangerous game. But it's, it's based on fear. So you have to learn to operate with fear. Um, that's whether you're an athlete or whether you're a coaching entrepreneur or whatever. You have to learn to work with it because it's, it's always going to be there. Fear is not going away. Fear is an inherent response to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. But fear like Customato, the trainer, trainer of Mike Tyson said, fear is like fire. Fear is actually a very powerful thing. If you think about fire, fire keeps the house warm. Mm-hmm. It allows you to cook your chops on a frying pan. And fire has put man on the moon through rockets. Mm-hmm. But when it's not controlled, it will burn the house down. Mm. It will destroy everything. It will create forest fires. It will absolutely demolish anything in its path. Mm-hmm. So learning to harness fear just like fire you can actually use it to motivate you. You can actually use it to get more shit done. But the tipping point is, is this fear paralyzing me Mm. and stopping me from doing what I need to do or being who I want to be? Mm -hmm. Or actually, can you feel the fear? Fucking do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's, you're always going to experience that. It's not going to go away. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's the difference between operating from emotion, i.e. this fear is driving the bus, or relating to the emotion. How can I use this to my advantage? How can I use this to propel me in the direction which I want to continue moving? And ultimately, any human being at any point in time is, is, is operating from a place of protection or operating from a place of growth, right? And when we think about what growth is, in my opinion, how I define growth, it's consciously putting yourself in a position of discomfort, knowing that it's going to take you to a new level. That's it. Right? That to me is the definition of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be fear in that. Of course there is. It's going to be fear yeah. in that because you're doing things which you haven't done before. It's almost stepping into the unknown, right? But owning that and allowing that fear to be part of your experience, knowing that on the other side of that fear is going to be growth. It's just something that has to be done. And the more you do it as well, this is something which I see, you probably see this in your programs as well. As you take, as we take clients through the programs, we work through foundation into mastery, kind of halfway through mastery, which is midway through the program, that discomfort actually becomes something which people really enjoy. Yeah, it's like, I like this. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun. Cool. It's not comfortable. It's not easy, but I'm growing. I'm reaching new levels. As we know, new levels, new devils. You're going to encounter more fear along that journey. But just zoom out for a second. You can see that upwards trajectory and see that you are growing, which is ultimately what we want. I think clients back themselves as they go yeah. into that they, yeah. They're backing their ability that mm. not only can they do this, but if actually, if it all goes fucking wrong, they're still inherently enough and they'll be okay. And yeah. I think they're getting to that place, growing at peace, mm-hmm. growing for something bigger than them, but at peace with themselves. And, mm. and that's a very, very powerful thing. Let's take this back to coaches at that 30 to 40 client mark. Mm-hmm. I think this is a real tipping point. And before we go into the limiting beliefs or the glass ceilings that, that, that coaches hit, I think the first question you need to ask when you're at that point is, do you want more? Mm-hmm. Too many coaches chase clients and clients and clients and clients and clients. They don't actually think whether they consciously want more, mm. whether they consciously want to scale their earnings and, and, and take on the stress and the leverage and the systems and the team that's required to do that or whether they're just doing it because all of their mates are doing it yeah. because they're seeing all the other coaches doing it. I respect a coach more that's at 30 to 40 clients that's at peace with themselves and inherently happy with the life that they live and they're mm. able to experience joy daily and overall being happy than coaches with hundreds of clients, a big team, systems, and they inherently fucking hate coaching and fitness now because they've just completely burnt it out. Mm. So I think when you get to that level, it's understanding, well, do you actually want to go to that next level? Or are you happy mm. with the number of coach clients that you coach? And are you happy with your earnings? And if you are, what's the point in just chasing more for the sake of chasing more? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. If you've got a financial goal and you're like, well, I actually want to set my family up. I want to do this. I want a different story. Again, you have that why. But if you're just scaling because everyone else is doing it or because the outside world or perhaps people in your boardroom are telling you, grow, 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 that, that, that's not sustainable. Mm. And that's often where you'll hit a glass ceiling. So I think the first part is always coming back to why do you want to grow that? Yeah, absolutely. And I use myself as an example here. You know, when I was introduced in the last podcast, you introduced me as having nine years corporate sales experience. There's a lot of similarities which can be drawn from that. I remember when I was in sales, I was performing really, really well just as a, as a, as a business development manager, which is essentially just a salesman. And... Um, and I got to the point where I was earning, you know, 80, 90, 100K a year and was recognized for that success and was offered a job in management, which I took unconsciously, just said yes. And I didn't enjoy that. I didn't like that pressure. I wasn't ready for that pressure. I just didn't have it in me to hold that team together. But I was a great salesman. Could go out and close deals all day long and earn really, really great money doing it. And I actually enjoyed that. But reflecting back on it now, what was it which... which 
which ultimately led me to say yes to taking that position. It was ego. Mm. And I think that there's probably a lot of coaches in that position as well. Again, same what you said about looking at what other people are doing. It's like, is that your ego wanting that? Because it's more validation ultimately, isn't it? But is the why there? Like you said, are you trying to build a family? Are you trying to build um, you know, a nice environment, have good things for your kids, etc.? If so, great. If not, what is the actual driver here? Do you really want it? And is it coming from abundance or is it coming from darkness? Mm. And we've spoken about this on, I think we spoke about it on the previous podcast. I know we've spoken at a couple of DMP events recently, but there's nothing wrong with using darkness, the fear of not being enough, guilt, shame, anxiety to get, get the thing off the floor. Mm-hmm. But if you're a coach at that 30 to 50 mark, darkness can't drive you forever. No. And coaches are naturally competitive and they compare a lot. So when they're comparing on client numbers, transformations, uh, revenue and physique, mm. often they're growing because everyone else, they perceive everyone else as growing. Mm-hmm. But actually when you get to that point, it's all, well, do you inherently want this? Do you actually care enough to go and fucking do it? It's a different, it's a different story. But once you get past the why issue, once you get past the, well, yes, I do want to scale. That is what I want. That is what I want short-term, medium-term, long-term. And that does di- directly play, tie into my long-term plan. Then there's a mindset shift that has to happen mm-hmm. where you're no longer a, a PT or a coach. But now you're a business owner. And that's a different ball mm. game. And I think too many coaches feel entitled to a coaching career. They feel too entitled to having a coaching business. But there's two parts of coaching. The first part is the delivery of coaching. And then there's the business of coaching. And too many coaches think just because they have great coaching delivery that that, that business will scale. That's not how it works. And then on the flip side, too many coaches um, get really fucking good at the business bit, but they don't have the knowledge, the education, the skills, the experience to actually work on the delivery. So what you see is their businesses blow up really quick and they crash really quick. And Mm -hmm. they they don't have any consistency. They they don't hang around, you know. It's only so long you can really burn coaching experiences. But once you start making that shift from PT and coach to business owner and the emotions that come with that, it, it, it makes an absolute game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's learning to love that side of the business as well, right? And you said that there are going to be some people who inherently like the operational side of running a business. But I think particularly at this level, 30 to 40 clients, a lot of people are still just loving coaching. They're great at it, which is brilliant. But in order to get to that next level, you really need to get clear on, you know, your, your, your profit and loss, your forecasting, all of these things, which a lot of coaches don't always take into consideration. But ultimately, we are running businesses here. We're not, we're not just knocking out training programs and meal plans. Mm. Like it's, it's more than that. And you need to learn to love that side of things. And once you do get your head around maybe some of the limiting beliefs, which coaches do have around money, around scarcity of money and get over that fear of actually understanding what you've got coming in, what you've got going out. Once you get, get beneath the surface of that and start really loving it, that's when it becomes possible to break through those mindset blocks, which take you from 30 to 40 to 50, 60 and beyond. hundred percent. Mm. And that's when you start going into, you start hiring your first coach. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's another thing. I don't think, I think some coaches hire coaches and they don't actually want that, but it's just because it's what everyone else does. Yeah. But if you are going to do that, well, you're taking on board somebody else's emotional limiting beliefs. You're taking on their emotional baggage. You're taking on their fears and self-doubts. And, and when you're the leader, everything lands on your desk. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody else does something that maybe wasn't ideal, you're still responsible. Mm-hmm. And it's shifting away from 
well, I just sort of need to fill my books to actually, I need to build systems. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that all the legals are in place. I need to make sure I have my marketing in place. I need to make sure I have my coaching delivery in place. There's so, I need to understand my financial forecasting and how all of that works. There's, there's so many different things to it. But if you're always stuck, if you're always stuck in the mindset of, oh, I'm, I'm just a coach, I'm just a PT, mm. but your intention is to go and scale a business, it just, it doesn't, there's a cognitive dissonance there. Mm. So once you make that shift of, well, I'm no longer driven by imposter syndrome, paralyzed by comparison, guilt, shame, or fear, and actually I can go and build something big and beautiful, well, then that is where you're really making that shift towards, okay, well, I need to look at the business as data. Mm. Because you're not the business. And even if your coaching business is the same name as you, you are not inherently that. That's actually why I called Total Mental Performance co Total Mental Performance from day one. That was a very conscious decision. Because Total Mental Performance, people call me Mr. TMP, but Total Mental Performance is something that I do. Mm. It's not Kieran. Mm -hmm. Of course, Kieran spends the majority of his existence doing TMP. But on top of that, I love philosophy. I love psychedelics and exploring how that could work and how that's going to change the way in which we review reality in ourselves. Philosophy, sitting on a beach. I'm obsessed with Arsenal Football Club. We are top of the league at the recording of this podcast and I really hope we stay there. So TMP is just something that I inherently do, which means I can look at the data and not put my self-worth in that. So if financially we're having a month that's not as high as our previous record months i don't go why am i not there i go all right it's just information it's mm. just dials mm. on the dashboard cool mm -hmm. and i can take that objective decision making whereas when you're stuck in the place of oh, what does this mean for me and that might not be conscious that might be unconscious mm -hmm. you start losing tons of clients it never makes anyone happy mm. but if it's this is more evidence that i'm not enough versus mm. okay something's happening in the market or something's happening in my business and I need to make some changes. Mm. You can't do that if your identity is wrapped up in the business and the results of the business, whether mm. that's the client results or if that's the financial results. Yeah. So when you start to make that shift of, I am not the business, I am just, it's just something that I do. Mm -hmm. Then you can start to move forward versus mm. getting caught up in all the emotions of it. hundred percent. Yeah. And as it stands, we're currently sat in a room called the scientist, which is quite fitting really mm. for this conversation, isn't it? Because if you think about what a scientist does, they go out and they try and fail purposely, really, because then they've got loads of data and use Thomas Edison as an example, right? Thomas Edison guy invented the light bulb, failed over a hundred thousand times. And somebody who said to him, aren't you disappointed that you failed so many, so many times? He said, hey, I didn't fail. I just found a hundred thousand ways it doesn't work. It comes back to this idea of no failure, just feedback. And every time you're pushing new boundaries, pushing new levels, there are going to be inherent failures along the way. But that doesn't have to mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't have to fulfill that limiting belief of I'm not good enough if that's still there. Or if not, then that's not a reason for that limiting belief to come creeping back in because it's not you. It's not your identity within your business. It's just data. It's just yeses and nos. That's it. We're actually talking about getting some TMP lab coats to send out to clients <laughs> that are getting stuck. Because at the end of the day, everything's an experiment. You can either prove or disprove the hypothesis. And right. you can wrap your ego up in that if you want. Mm. You know, obviously, you know, um, my mentor, Ron, and he basically acts as the chairman of TMP. You know, he, he'll just look at the numbers and he'll go, well, that's reality. And he'll smack me around the face with them. And I'll go, yeah, you're right. But when he used to do that, he used to take it really personally. He used to really mm. trigger me. It used to be really like, oh, 
I used to feel like he was insulting me, but he wasn't. We were just looking at the facts of of, of the business. And that's where that is. Mm-hmm. And when you start to treat, oh, okay, well, I proved this hypothesis or I disproved that hypothesis. It's not about me being enough mm. or not enough or more evidence of not being lovable. It's more just it worked or it hasn't worked. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, move on. And I encourage all of our team at CMP to fail. Mm-hmm. I just think I give you guys a space mm-hmm. to go and do things. And then if it doesn't work out, go, all right, well, we fucking learned. And yeah. when you have that culture of it'll work or it won't, and we'll find a way and we just keep moving forward, then that mindset's going to serve you much better in the long run versus I've got to get this right. 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 You know? Yeah. hundred percent. And a lot of the work that we do in our client sessions is piecing together the dots and seeing if there's a match. Right. And as humans, we live in a cause and effect universe. This equals that client drop off equals I'm a bad person. And the work which we do with clients is first identifying those connections and say, well, you've just put this to that. Is that true? And often it's a no. And then that whole belief pattern collapses. And then we're operating from a place of truth. Don't need to hold on to that stuff anymore. There's nothing fueling that inherent belief of not being enough, operating from a place of scarcity. Once we piece those connections together, kind of turn it back around, hold up a mirror and say, this is what you're operating from. Does that fit? Nah, doesn't feel quite right anymore. And that's where we go, well, what's that about? Where does yeah. that come from? And then this is where we get stuck into the past and we go in, well, where was that belief born? Because yeah. all of these beliefs were born mm-hmm. in certain areas. Some of them took root and grew and some of them didn't. And it's being able to go into the subconscious mind and basically cut out some of the weeds and mm-hmm. go, this isn't serving us anymore. Mm-hmm. So love that. Mm. Love that. Well, mate, this has been awesome. And I think uh, a lot of coaches that are at that that 30 to 40 client mark are going to find this very useful. I actually think there's a lot of content in here that's just universal to human beings. For sure. That's going to be very helpful. So if you're a coach that is at that place and you're thinking, right, I've actually made a conscious decision. I want to grow and get to 50 to 75 to 100 to 150 clients uh, and beyond that, then Dan is the man for you. Dan is the man who essentially holds that key as to whether or not number one you can get into tmp and come aboard and then number two he has all the tools and all the resources to help you unlock that so if this sounds like something you know what i've, I've been sitting on the fence i've been binge listening to the podcast and uh, i've been following all of their content and deep down i know i need to do this well this is your signal from the universe let's fucking do this and the way that you can do that is you can head to our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com or head to Total Mental Performance on Instagram. Click on the link in the bio, click apply and reference this podcast and we'll make sure this gets over to Dan. Dan, mate, big love. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, looking forward to getting this out. That's one. Thank you, brother. So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.